and welcome to this week's episode of Brain Fart. I am Maddie Albrechts, and I am your host for this lovely podcast. If you are new, welcome. If you're returning, thank you. Thank you for listening and supporting. It means the world to me, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So today I am going to talk a little about what I do and my field of both study and my profession, you know, okay, so I think most of you know, if you've listened to past podcasts that I do theater, I studied musical theater in college, I did theater in high school, I'm about to go to London for a master's program in classical acting. I'm pretty much going to be acting in my life, I hope so. I feel that I can make a career out of it. If I didn't, then I probably wouldn't have been studying it this hard this long, but here we go. So probably a little while ago, I was going to say the other day, but it definitely wasn't the other day. It was kind of a long time ago. I can't remember for the life of me who, that that good, good memory, um, but somebody asked me, about a question about theater that has kind of been sitting with me a little bit. And I'm so sorry if you listen and you hear this question and you say, hey, that was me. I asked that. If you did, reach out. Let me know because I would love to remember who asked me, but I can't remember. So someone the the other day, the other week, the other month commented or questioned, not in a hostile way, but they just were wondering how I do theater if I have issues with loud sounds and loud loud lights, (laughs) with bright lights or flashing lights and loud sounds, if I have issues with a lot of stimulus overload, how do I do theater? Because a lot of theater involves lighting and loud sounds and things going on and lots of people being on you. And it's just a very overwhelming profession and you're doing a lot of things you're singing you're dancing you're acting you're playing the trombone I don't play the trombone but you it's just so much now people do so much in theater which makes it so incredible to watch and so awesome and beautiful but it could be harder on someone who can't quite um digest (laughs) those things or acclimate to those things as quickly as a normal person would or normal whatever what is normal but um a more equipped person could so they asked me that and my answer was I I don't know I'm thinking along the lines of adrenaline so when I'm performing I there's just no way around it. You get a jolt of adrenaline. I do. I have done the same show over and over again, and I still get the same jolt of adrenaline as I do on any other show. Recently, we just did a show. It's about. It was about three hours long. Very long musical. So incredible, but it had a lot of interaction with people, and uh, it was called The Mystery of Edwin Drood, if anyone is curious. It's not a very well-known musical, so if you're not quite kind of in that realm then that makes sense if you don't recognize it. It's also a Charles Dickens novel. So if that if that sounds familiar, then you might know from that. So we did this show and we had to do it late. It was at this festival and we performed it. And our last performance was on a Friday. And I think we started at 10 p.m., probably closer to 10, 15, 10, 30. We started that late. 
and it's like a three hour show. So we were still performing the show come midnight and 1 a.m. It was absolutely insane. So things like that where your adrenaline has to kick in because we also had a very long day. It involved a lot of auditioning in the city, all of that stuff. So I just wanted to bring that up to start is it's probably something to do with adrenaline at first. Um, I, my mouth is so tacky. I probably need a sip of water, but I chugged some water before I started recording and my mouth is still that, it's gonna, if you, this is either gonna be ASMR for you or gross, but it's like that kind of feeling. Sorry if anyone just cringed, but that's kind of the feeling I'm feeling while I speak to you right now. Um, so back to the topic and what we were talking about, of course, I realize I've been thinking a lot about it because I really don't know. I don't know if it's different because I'll watch live theater and it's really difficult when lights are flashing at me in live theater. It really messes with me, but I don't know if it's something where when I'm on stage looking out, it's usually blackness and the lights are coming down on me. So it's not like they're quite in my face constantly. And I have done a show since my brain episode that involved strobes, probably a couple months, five or six months, about half a year. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Time is irrelevant. (laughs) Um, So is that a word? Oh, man, the amount of fake words I say is astounding. And that I know is a word. Um, But so it was probably, uh, I was diagnosed with my brain stuff um, February? Wow, do I not remember? It's on my calendar, I have it marked. Um, Probably February or March. Gosh, it's it's been like two years. So that makes kind of sense that I don't remember exactly. But so that was in February and March. And then I did the show in October. And so it had been some time, but also it was difficult. I didn't know if I was going to be able to go into the show, but I ended up meeting the guy who healed me, whatever. And we did the, sh- I, I ended up being able to do it. But the show uh, I'm talking about was Carrie. Yes, that Carrie. Um, it, it's a Stephen King novel turned movie turned musical spectacular. Um, it, it's definitely an interesting show, but I'm going to be completely honest. I... It was an arduous rehearsal process, but I absolutely loved performing that show every night. It was silly. It was campy. It was awesome. I loved it. Um, I got to be with a lot of my friends were in it. So it was hanging out with my friends. It was the first time I got to play a role that was probably closest to my age. (laughs) I play a lot of older women. I'm tall. I have a mature air about me. Um, And so... I always play on the older side, but with Carrie, I got to play like a high schooler and that was really fun because I got to dance and sing and die. Um, Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Carrie. So I did that show and there's this big destruction scene where Carrie comes in and she blows up the school and kills everybody. And in the show that involves a lot of Um, mechanics on stage, doors slamming, lights flashing, lots of loud noises, lots of people screaming, you're singing, you're screaming, you're running, I'm shoving pads in my mouth to die. Yes, that was my form of death. It was suffocation on actual real life pads, like menstrual, menstrual, Um, yeah, menstrual, not menstrual, Um, menstruation products. 
um, shoving them into my mouth and then being fake electrocuted and then dying while the pads hung out of my mouth. So that was a very fun thing for me. But it was so a lot of sensory overload in that one moment. And it's almost a little sketchy because I think back to performing like that. And I think my, I think it was just, I, I truly believe instinct just takes over. It's something I've practiced. It's something I perform. I like to be in the moment, but I think I'm so in the moment that I almost forget about the moment after. My body, I think, almost protects myself and does this clean slate. So when I would exit the stage, it kind of was a whirlwind of, oh my goodness, what just happened? But I knew I was so aware and we had done so much safety practice that I was constantly aware, almost hyper aware on stage. And then the second I was able to go off and take a breath, my body would kind of release and all of that tension would leave. And I would almost forget what happened because I was so hyper-focused in the moment because I knew that I had a lot of, I had a lot more, how do I phrase this? A lot more to focus on. Like it, I had to focus harder than I think some other people did, not belittling anyone else's performance or what they had to do in the situation, not saying, oh, well, I worked harder than everyone. No, no, not that at all. Just I had some more ground to cover. So everyone was already at the start line and I was late for the race and like 50 meters back, 50, ooh, that's, is that, let's go 50 yards. That's, (laughs) I'm American (laughs) from the US. Let's use that system. But so I'm, 50 yards behind, I guess meters works. Yeah, sure, whatever. I'm I'm behind. So I'm behind running. So everyone starts on the start line and I'm still far behind. So I have to do a sprint to catch up and then continue to run on. So it's almost like I have to cover a little bit more ground because my brain doesn't work at the capacity that other people's do because of this. And my stimulus or how I react to things is a little bit different than everyone else's. So it just, it just caused me to focus a little bit more and to really think hard about what I was doing. And luckily I think a combination of that and adrenaline is what got me through. I do have to say I would be exhausted after shows. It would almost be like I was riding this adrenaline high and then it would, I would need time to take a break and I needed to do a lot of things for myself to be able to do that consistently. And it's, it's, trust me, it's something I've thought about where I think, am I going to be able to sustain a career in this? It's very, it's, it's hard. You're doing a lot of things. And I think I've come to the conclusion that of course I can. And that is why I continue to do it. And any future casting agents, employers out there, I can do it. Don't worry. Plus you can't not hire me because of disabilities. He, he, he. Um, so, so to try, yeah, it's definitely something I think about and worry about, but I think it just takes a little bit more care and a little bit more time. I think anyone who's in a performance, honestly, anyone who is working needs a lot of self-care, but I think especially with performance where our, our body is our temple and we have to, that's our instrument and that is our work. You have to really take care of yourself the same way that you have to maintain fitness so you're able to run around on stage and dance and be able to stretch and take care of sore muscles and sore feet from wearing heels and 
um, take care of your skin because you're putting a lot of makeup on it and your hair because you're teasing it and hairspraying it or pinning it into wigs. Like there's a lot that goes into it or taking care of your voice because that is your instrument and drinking tea and doing vocal warmups and bodily warmups. It's just there's so much of it that it also I need to do that if not to that extent, but more as well as calming down my body and my cortisol level levels, which are like stress responders or what kind of creates your adrenaline and me being able to calm that down and do some sort of meditation or yoga or something that will center myself again. So I'm not just running off because sometimes what will happen after a show is I'm either exhausted to the point where I just collapse or I'm still on such a high that it takes a long time to unwind and you really have to do that especially for me because I need sleep to continue to function I'm not one of those people who can run off of two three hours and still be able to function during the day especially after I was diagnosed with all of my health stuff I really needed to take that care to sleep and to get as much sleep as I could and whether that was through naps or sleeping at night It was anything I could take. So that's kind of what I've come to the conclusion is that I can do it and that I'm getting to a better point in my health where I'm able to handle it and decide what is best for me and what works for me. Maybe I'll never be able to do a crazy show with pyrotechnics where things are happening for four hours in the show and that's all that the show is. I probably wouldn't be able to really do that. But who knows? I don't know. I think I'm getting better. And I think the more I learn about myself and the more I train myself and the better and more mature actor I become, the better I can handle those things. And so I think that's kind of my take on that whole idea. So I think the answer to that question is I still don't really know. But I think it'll like like everything and the amount of times I say it's a learning process or that you're on this journey with me. It's true. And we'll only time will tell. I'm about to enter a really rigorous program. So you guys will hear all about that and how I handle that. And it'll be great. And so now I think maybe the question that one or two of you, maybe all of you, I don't know, maybe no one's thinking this is, have I ever had a brain episode while on stage? And the answer is yes. And you know that show I was talking about, The Mystery of Edwin Drood. And don't worry, my director was in the audience when this happened. People knew Some people didn't know because I think I handled it quite well. Um, But so in the show, there's a lot of audience interaction. Um, I played she working class Cockney English woman who was an actress who was playing a character in the show of Mystery of Edwin Drood. We were kind of a touring theater company in the 1800s who was putting on the show of the Mystery of Edwin Drood. And I was this actress who played kind of um, former prostitute, current opium den runner, (laughs) owner, manager. Um, And so that was kind of my role. So super kooky. I wore a corset, which definitely threw off my um, pressure in my brain and things like that and threw off my body. I had to do some work to recorrect that. And it was a real corset, and then we we had the whole getup. It was tights, undershirt, corset, butt pad, um, underskirt, overskirt, over overskirt, uh, like tight top, sleeves, cloaks, 
gloves, hats, so many, like, it really, the, the whole shebang. I'm going to post, I think that's going to be my photo on Instagram this week. I'm going to post a photo from that show. I had crazy makeup. It was super fun. It was one of the most incredible roles I ever played. I loved it, but I think I'm going to post a photo. So good time to plug my social media. So if you want to see that, you can go to, um, Instagram. I, you can find me at brain fart podcast, or I think it'll be on the Facebook page too. So facebook.com slash podcast. So you can go find me in those two areas. Or if you just want to talk or reach out, you can also DM me or um, message me through those platforms. Or if you're not really into social media and just want to email, you can email me at brainfartpodcast at gmail.com. Guys, I love it when you reach out. It's really nice. It's refreshing to hear your stories and to hear it. Some people have said, hey, I deal with that too. Uh, and I am the, and I'm this, and this is how I deal with it. It's great. I think creating a community is great. I love hearing people who don't have any illnesses who just want to listen and learn and have fun listening. So it's awesome. Thanks for listening. If you have any friends or family who are looking for a comedic medical podcast, then you know where to point them. Also, if you want, I would really appreciate it if you rate or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to, preferably five stars, but you know, I'm not going to dictate what you do with your life. So all of those things help. It helps me a little podcast get off the ground a little bit more. We're a small yet mighty community. So thank you guys. That's a little deterrent. So if you want, I'm saying so a lot this episode. I probably shouldn't have pointed it out, but whatever. Um, to continue, there we go. That's a better transition. To continue, I will be posting a photo from that time. The costume is beautiful. Thank you, Courtney. Uh, she was our costume designer. She's incredible. Um, so you'll see that on that. So I just wanted to mention that. So we're wearing this heavy stuff and it's a lot of audience interaction. And I opened the, like I helped open the show with everyone. We talked to the audience and then I leave for about three or four scenes. And then I come out for this really big song, super long, probably too long, probably like four or five minutes of a song where I'm talking to the audience, a lot of interaction. I'm touching them. I'm enjoying we're telling jokes it's really fun and then I do a scene and then I leave for the rest of act one basically and then I come back at the very end and then I'm basically on stage the entirety of the second act so it's a little bit of an act two heavy show with act one just having this primarily large portion or song that I sing so I'm there for one big scene and then I (laughs) skadoodle so I had so we were doing a two so 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 I hate it when I figure out that I'm saying something a lot. It's the same as saying like where you say it and then you're really self-aware. And so, you know, you know, every time you say it, you cringe a little bit. Um, To continue, (laughs) that's just going to be the safe one. We had two shows on one day. It's a two show day, two doche. And it was a Sunday and it was the end of our first run. We did two runs of the show. We did a run in December and then we came back and did it in January for a theater festival, the Kennedy Center Theater Festival. I think that's what it's called. Um, and we had done the first show and then we had about, I think, only an hour break before we went into the second show. And the show, ugh, it's so it's kind of a confusing story because it involves a lot of mechanics because the show is very complex. But basically the show doesn't have an ending and there's like hundreds of alternate endings that you memorize. So I think out of, I think it's eight people who have the possibility of being the murderer in the story. It's kind of a murder mystery story. (laughs) Look it up. It's really, I'm not going to sit here and explain it all to you, but you just need to know that 
I could have been voted as the murderer and all of us had different songs and we didn't rig it or anything. Sometimes productions will rig it because it's just too difficult to do everybody possibly being the murderer. But we didn't. And the same with the, you could also vote on two lovers at the end, which I was a possibility. And then you could also vote on whoever the detective was. And I wasn't an option for the detective, but I announced the detective. So I had, I think, six different endings for that song depending on who was the detective at the night, which I found out literally on stage. And then I had to come up with whoever's lines it was in my head. Super, an incredible exercise for an actor. Always a little stressful for me, but it always kept me on my toes. And it truly was so fun to do because I never knew what kind of show I was going to be doing that night. I never knew how it was going to end. So at this time, I was doing... The first show, I was voted murderer. And my murderer song was a spin takeoff of the first song I sing in the show, the the first act song. It's called The Wages of Sin. And so I go into a different rendition if I'm the murderer. I sing kind of the first portion of the murderer song. Um, And so it's like, that's how it starts. And then, so every murderer has kind of that beginning with different lyrics. And then they go into whichever song is kind of their song. And so mine was The Wages of Sin, which is what I sang in the beginning. And so it's with different lyrics. So I was singing these different lyrics at the end. And then then we ended the show. It was great. We took a break. We got ready for the second show. And I went out. And I had started to feel a little headachey. This has happened before. I've been in shows where, you know, I start to feel a little uh, wonky. And so I have to kind of take a break, take some deep breaths, drink some water, make sure I get some food, do everything I can to kind of prevent a brain episode from coming on, stretch, relax, calm myself, but keep myself energized for the next show, not falling into kind of that brain place. And... I was starting to feel that at the beginning of the show, but I was still feeling pretty energized and excited to keep going because it was our last show for the first run and it's always exciting and I was voted the murderer, so I was still kind of hopped up and high off of that feeling. And I went out for my song, pardon, and I started singing it and it was going all right and my head was hurting and the lights were on me and I was talking to the audience And then I just blanked. And I, the only lyrics I had in my head were from the murder version. And that wouldn't have worked because those weren't the lyrics for the beginning of the show. And so I sat there for what felt like 17 years (laughs) in a panic of not remembering any of the lyrics. And I just sat there for a second and I couldn't, couldn't get them in my head and it truly was as if my entire brain went blank and I was panicking on the inside but of course on the outside I was this oh silly old lady happy-go-lucky and so in the nature of the show and in the fashion of the show I turned back to my conductor who was also um one of the assistant music directors and who's I who I've known for years at the school and I looked back at him and I said in my accent, which I probably won't recreate for you now, but it, I said, 
Oh, oh, love, I seem to have forgotten the lines. Oh, it's just this old age or something like that along those lines of, oh, I'm so old, I've forgotten the lines. Please tell me what they were. And he gave me this glare, this look of, are you kidding me? And he repeated the lines and I said, oh, oh, right, right, that's it. Oh, let's take it from there, darlings. Let's start again. And everybody kind of laughed in the audience. And I continued with the song and I remembered it all. And I went on, I finished the number, I went off stage, I came back on, did my scene, I walked off stage and I immediately started sobbing because I was so, it was almost as if I felt like I was falling down a black hole and then I just so happened to grab the ledge and crawl back out of it at the last second. I mean, of course that doesn't work with a black hole, physics, gravity, you know, but it was so horrible. <laughs> that I just couldn't stop crying. And I had the loveliest castmates. They were so kind and the stagehands were so nice to me. They said, you killed it. Nobody, nobody would have known. It was no worry at all. My director came backstage after the show or during intermission or something. And he said, that's why I cast you because you're able to think on your feet or something like that, which is way too kind for a person who forgot all their lines. But it was the first moment I felt that my brain had actually given up on me in a time when I needed her most. Because I think most of the time I can get by and I can skate by and do my thing. But with that, it just didn't, it didn't happen. And it was so scary for me because I really, I don't know, it sounds silly, but I really felt my humanity at the time and I felt my weaknesses and it made me worry about the future, of course. And I, but also, well, for, and then afterwards, okay, I'll just finish the story. But afterwards, I was very focused. I was almost hyper-focused on the show. That by the end of the show, I was so exhausted because I was so pinpoint, like, in this show that I couldn't, couldn't not be because it was so, I was just so worried it was going to happen again. So I probably had the greatest show of my life to finish because I was so on top of my game. And after the show, Martin actually, Martin, my partner, uh, I never know if people are new listening for the first time. So I feel like I have to explain who Martin is every single time. And I'm sure if people are regular listeners, they're like, oh my God, get on with it. We know who he is. But so Martin was there to see the show that day. And afterwards, I came out to him and I said, oh, my goodness, did you see me when I forgot all of my lines? And he said, what? What do you mean, when? And I told him when. And he thought it was part of the show. And so did all of my other friends seeing the show. They just thought it was part of it. And I do have to say it came at a perfect time because it was during a number that involved a lot of... um joking with the audience and me forgetting things and stopping the music and starting it again. It was the perfect song to do it. If I had done it during my kind of ballad intense um, origin story song later in the show, it wouldn't have had the same effect. But it happened kind of at the perfect time. Lots of things happened, perfect circumstances. I was able to kind of think and use all of the training that I have to <laughs> get through it. <clears throat> excuse me and so I in the end nobody really knew and it was fine and the, sh the show was great but it was the first time I really started to feel oh no this could be a problem in my life but then I, the more I thought about it the more I realized 
actors go up on their lines. It happens. Not just actors who have neurological conditions, but actors who are just having a day. People just forget lines. It happens in life. And I'm lucky that it didn't um, spiral into something bigger. Because you know how I've talked about my brain episodes on the show. If you don't know what they're about, honestly, listen to any other episode. And I'm sure I probably talk about them. You know my brain. When things happen, it goes, oh, what's happening? Should we have a brain episode in the middle of whatever you're doing right now? And so luckily that didn't happen because I think I, with the adrenaline and my focus, I was able to continue with the show and really um, uh, hone in on my craft. And so in the end, it worked out fine. And I don't think, like, that one instance isn't going to stop me or deter me or worry me for the future. Obviously, I do have some issues with memorization. I can get, and I do have to say, I get it down, and if I'm doing it consistently, I won't forget. And so a lot of the times for the show, I'll just run the show throughout my head right before I go to sleep, or if I'm getting ready in the morning, I'll just run through certain songs, or while I'm getting ready for the show, I'll just run through songs in my head or lines, things that I feel a little bit more insecure about. There was one show I did my junior year where I had this really long monologue, And so I would run that monologue before every show just to remember it. So it's just maintenance and keeping up with it. And obviously, if you do a show for a long amount of time, then it's going to stay in your head. But for me, it's just something I like to do to make sure I'm really on top of my game. I mean, I'm not to the level of people purchasing tickets for an extreme amount yet. But I don't know. People are still coming to see a show. It's my job. I want to do a good job. So that's something I continue to help my memory. And I think the more I do that, the better my memory gets. And, you know, I don't know if I can remember shows that I've done in the past, maybe some lines, but for the most part, when a show is finished, I kind of evict it from my head so I can fit more things in. So we'll see how it goes with Shakespeare this coming year. I'm excited. I feel confident and good about it, but it's something I'll discuss and continue to, I don't know hone in on and figure out and figure out what works best for me. But I thought that was just an interesting topic and an interesting question because it's true. It's I was like, oh, I don't know. How do I do? How do I deal with lights and sounds and things on stage? So I think that's kind of the most basic answer I could give. I kind of wanted to give a few little anecdotes. I hope it was interesting. I know I, I do talk about theater, but I feel like I haven't talked about it in a while. I think I mentioned it offhandedly a bunch, but I've never really kind of talked about it. So I guess if you're interested in this topic or you want to know more about theatery things, um, I would love to talk about it. I, lo- I love doing it. So it's something I enjoy talking about and sharing with other people. So if you have any questions about that, even if it's not really medical related, ask me. Or if you never want to hear about theater again, you can tell me that too. I'm always open for critiques, but don't be too mean because I'm a sensitive lady. I was I was reading a comic today. It was by the artist Sarah Scribbles. I think her name's Sarah Anderson. I was reading on Webtoon or something. It's a little comic site. It's like a slice of life comic and it's really funny. And today the one, (laughs) the comic I read that really made me laugh is her character saying, oh, I don't think I'm overly sensitive. And then the next, um, the next area is someone going, oh, well, I don't know. You can be a little oversensitive sometimes. And then it's her, the next one is her just starting to cry and then like curl up in a ball and freak out. And it just really made me laugh. 
I think it's Sarah Scribble's sensitive if you want to look up the comic, but I can post it if you want. Um, but it, it, I don't know. It just really made me laugh. And I sent it to Martin. I said, this is so me. <laughs> um, but that was a weird tangent, but support your fellow artists. <laughs> I also started posting on my watercolor page again because I haven't really been doing, I love watercoloring. I don't know if you guys know this about me. I started watercoloring a couple years ago. I've never really had any formal training. I took a little class once where we painted a bunch of trees. It was a great class. I learned a lot of technique, but still not, I mean, classes upon classes. So I still feel pretty self-taught. Um, and I haven't painted in a while just because things get away from me. So I'm doing this 30 day challenge where I am just taking, there's just a, this person who said, okay, paint this for this day and this for this day for 30 days. So I think I'm on day three, I posted and it's Wednesday, Wednesday giving away my timeline. Um, but if you want, you could check that out. It's watercolors by Maddie, M-A-D-D-I. Um, and it's just me and it's my watercolors and I enjoy it. So I think that you should do what you love if you feel so inclined. So that's just a promo for all my other things. Um, and I think that's it for today. If you have, I might be asking again on my Instagram and Facebook what you guys want to hear just to get some topic suggestions again, just to rev up and um, renew and reuse and recycle and do all that good stuff. But I just want to give you guys what you want to hear. And if people have certain questions or specific things they want to hear, I want to be able to provide that for you. And maybe I'll have to do research about things, but I don't care. That's fine. I hope you enjoyed listening to my theatrical adventures. I'm sure I'll be, even if nobody really likes it, I probably will talk about it once or twice more in, in the span of this podcast. But if you do like it, let me know and I can... I can continue doing it, and it's something I like talking about. I've said all of this before. Um, and that's that for this episode. I guess, yeah, this is not lengthy, but longer than some of them. So I hope you enjoyed. I hope you have a great whatever time it is, wherever you are, and a great weekend. I'm going to the beach this weekend. I'll post some pictures on Instagram and Facebook so you can keep up with my adventures. And have a great, great whatever time it is. And I will talk to you next week. Goodbye.